This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A lot of these girls that are out there doing independent work, they have no idea. They come here and they've been doing independent work for three to five years and they get here and they're like, well, what's a DC? Welcome to Range. I'm Amy Westervelt. And I am Sarah Miller. You guys might remember Sarah from a few episodes ago when we dug into the DA race in Nevada County. She's an editor and writer for the online magazine Popula and a regular humor contributor to The New Yorker. She's joining as my co-host this season because I like Range better with a pal. So that was Madam Tara Adkins from the Mustang Ranch you heard from in the intro. There were two initiatives in Nevada counties to shut down the brothels this year. One of those in Nye County sort of died on the vine. The people who were trying to take it to a vote failed to get enough signatures on their petition in June to get it on the ballot. But the other in Lyon County is going to a vote in November. These initiatives have largely targeted the counties where Dennis Hoff's brothels operate. But plot twist, Hoff suddenly died last week. To give you an idea of who he was and why he became a target of folks who don't like the Nevada brothels, here he is in a couple of interviews from earlier this year. Nevada's about freedom, low tax, carry your gun, drink, gamble, smoke weed, and go to a brothel. Leave us alone. How many girls are applying to work for you a month? A thousand. If it's some girl that I think I'm really interested in, which would be typically a, a very attractive girl, a hot blonde, um, or a mixed girl that I think is unique, um, then I might get involved in it myself. In addition to being something of a target for the anti-brothel groups, Hoff was running for assemblyman in his district and looking like the likely winner when he died on October 16th. Some reports say a Love Ranch employee found him. Others say it was porn legend Ron Jeremy. Although authorities at the time said there was no evidence of foul play, the autopsy hasn't come out yet and the timing is definitely weird. Earlier this year, I met several of Hoff's employees at a public hearing about the motion to take the Lyon County brothel ordinance to a vote. Here's what Alice Little, a bunny ranch girl and frequent Hoff spokesperson, said to me at the time. So I'm one of the legal sex workers at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. I'm actually the number one sex worker in the nation in terms of gross earnings. In my opinion, the language that we use to describe things is crucial and important. When we're talking about sex work, we want to make sure that we're using language that makes sense, that isn't stigmatized. Unfortunately, prostitute is a very loaded word. It is very stigmatized and people have opinions and beliefs surrounding that word that unfortunately conflate with things like sex trafficking and sexual coercion, which isn't an accurate representation of the Nevada brothels. 
Instead, I would like to see them come forward with language that talks about it as the Nevada brothels, legal sex workers, because that language is much more accurate to describe who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. We're intimacy experts at the end of the day. We offer love, compassion, caring, friendship, and camaraderie to men, women, and couples. Mm-hmm. That's not inherently evil, and it shouldn't be demonized by this word that has so much stigma. I think that the public has a right to vote. I think that the public has a right to also be informed about the vote. And one of those educational points is the difference between legal prostitution, legal sex work in Nevada, and what sexual exploitation and child trafficking truly is. The two are being conflated, but the reality is is that they're very, very different words with very unique definitions. When folks understand that we are not forced, not coerced, and we choose to be here, that it's not something you just trip, stumble, and find yourself in a Nevada brothel with a working life. License, there's a very, very regulated process that goes into this. Mm-hmm. First, when a girl arrives, she has to go to the doctor. No one is going to be forcing her to go to the doctor. She chooses to go and visit the doctor. Then she chooses to go to the sheriff's office. She chooses to fill out the working lady paperwork. She chooses to apply for her bar for her working girl card. She chooses to consent to the background check that's associated with that. And then when she returns to the ranch, she chooses to go to lineup. If for some reason she's uncomfortable with the client, she can say no at any point in time. Mm-hmm. We have the choice here. We have the power and we're very, very comfortable with what we do. We're choosing to do this. Yeah. I think the public is failing to understand that this is genuinely a choice. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This episode of Range is sponsored in part by Casper Mattresses. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. You spend one third of your life sleeping, if you're lucky, so you should be comfortable. Casper has become pretty well known for being a super, super comfortable mattress and you get it delivered straight to your door in this box that seems impossible to fit a mattress in. They've now expanded their selection. So they have the original Casper mattress, which combines multiple supportive memory foams for quality sleep service with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And this breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. They now have two new mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, and the Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. Casper also offers a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better sleep experience, and it's all designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash range and using the promo code range at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash range and using range at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, back to the show. 
But let's take it a step back and talk about the history of the brothel system in Nevada because it's pretty interesting. The Mustang Ranch, which we started with up top and we'll get back to in a second, was actually the first legal brothel in the state in 1971. It was authorized just after the passage of a state initiative that gave counties with a population less than 700,000 the option of allowing legal brothels. Although Lance Gilman, who owns the Mustang Ranch, says it's a population less than 400,000. Either way, every county but Washoe and Clark qualify. Washoe County is where Reno is. Clark County is where Las Vegas is. That is really crazy. I did not know that. And this is in the 70s. In the 70s. So basically every county but those two was eligible. Not all of them went for it, but nine did. The brothels peaked in the 1980s, of course, at 35, and now there are 21 of them. But the opposition today hinges on how the brothel ordinance was implemented back in the 70s. Here's Melissa Holland, whose anti-human trafficking organization, Awaken, has been leading the charge. We're finally getting past some of the, the tagline narratives of what we've believed under brothels and prostitution. And I think a lot of those have just never been looked at. This is giving us a chance to actually start to uncover some of the truths. And it gives us time to create an opportunity to educate the community. Um, they've never been able to vote on this issue. Back when it was first enacted, the county commissioners voted it, and so it never never went to the people. Um, and I think we're, we're in a much different time now than we were back in the 70s. Women's rights are starting to, to become more prominent. Women are getting voices. Um, survivors of all kinds of abuse are starting to have a voice. And so it's a really perfect time to actually look at both sides and look at this conversation mm-hmm. and then let the people vote. I, I'll ask a question you may yeah. or may not know the answer to. So is the tax revenue from the brothels significant? It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And so um, that's a big part of it. Like in some of these counties that are saying, oh, we don't want these brothels. Like if the brothels go away, they would lose a significant amount of tax revenue. And so there a lot of people are okay with them staying for that reason. Those opposed to the brothels accuse them of engaging in human trafficking. But as has been the case with national initiatives aimed at human trafficking and sex trafficking, while trafficking is a valid concern, for many people it also provides cover for a moral or religious objection to sex work as well. The various organizations and individuals against the brothels have come together as part of the No Little Girl campaign, as in No Little Girl Grows Up Wanting to Be a Prostitute, which definitely feels like a moral judgment right out the gate. But one of the things they argue is that having legal sex work in the state actually increases the amount of illegal sex work happening. They released a study that said basically there's more illegal sex work happening in Reno and Vegas than in cities in other states because it's legal everywhere else in the state. Here's Melissa Holland on that. Her organization commissioned the study. Um, We just yesterday released a report showing Nevada actually has the highest rates of an illegal sex market than any other state in the nation. That's for population, obviously. And so the unique thing about Nevada that no other state also has is a legal sex industry. There's studies done out of University of London. um, They they said 150 countries that have legal prostitution and don't have it. And they realize it actually increases the rates of an illegal market. And and it makes sense if you think of just economics, supply and demand. When you market a product, this product happens to be the bodies of women for the pleasure of men. You're going to increase the opportunity for demand. When the demand increases, you have to increase the supply, and that's the illegal market. So about 10% of Nevada's sex industry is is legal. 90% is illegal. So we have, in any given month, 5,016 women and children being sold online illegally for sex in just Nevada. Annually, it's 19,000 in Nevada. 
Awakens critics have called the study's methods into question, though, saying they're basing the size of the sex trade on the number of sex worker ads, which is not a reliable data source. Also, there's a weird twist here where the legal brothels aren't allowed to advertise. Here's Mustang Ranch owner Lance Gilman on that. Well, I, we can't advertise, yet yet uh, strip got, clubs advertise, right. um, uh, massage parlors advertise, all of the, the places where illegal things take place advertise and can. And so here all of a sudden is this wonderful environment, and we can't tell anybody we're even here. They don't think that's because like people go to Nevada and gamble and get wasted, and it's also like a place where people, go, yeah. Las Vegas is like a place where people go to like do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And Reno, that's... too, probably in like yeah. a smaller way. Yeah, I'm sure that's totally part of it. Although I can see the argument that cops might not be as inclined to prosecute or even just spend resources on illegal sex work when it's legal like 20 miles away. But then the argument from sex workers is, well, then just legalize it all over the state and actually protect women. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Yeah, I'm going to play you some tape from this woman, Cherry, who works at the Mustang Ranch, who talked about the reality of the situation from her perspective. Cherry's 23 now, and she's been at the Mustang Ranch since she was 18. The really harsh reality is I would probably still have to do this work because I can't find, I can't have a job that pays what this pays when I come here. So I would still end up doing this because it's just that much money. And I would have to, I pay for my mother's chemotherapy. And I pay Sorry. for my younger sister. It's okay. It's, yeah. It's a reality. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in a bad area, so it's a bad school system. And the first step to getting out of poverty in a bad area and that is to go to a better school. So I pay for my younger sister's schooling to yeah. take her out of the public education system. So she would have to, I would have to stop that because, you know, it pays for all my bills too. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I would probably lose my house <laughs> because it's a, it's a larger mortgage than most people than we could afford with a job I'm technically qualified for. But this helps me just provide like that quality of life for my whole family. We would all be in this industry. We would just have to migrate if something awful happened and this place closed down and all the rest closed down. And we would all be in this industry still. Maybe not all, but we would be on the streets. We would be in hotels. We would be in strip clubs selling extras. And things would happen to us. Statistically, things would happen to us and it would be awful. So I went to visit the Mustang Ranch a couple of months after I went to a hearing about the brothel ordinance in Lyon County. And Lyon County is where? Lyon County is like, if you go um, east of Reno and keep going on on 80 and you hit like, you go like past where the Tesla Gigafactory is Uh Uh and then you're in Lyon County. Um, So one of the things that they've brought up is that, you know, They want to attract families who have someone working at like the Tesla plant or the switch plant or whatever. There's all these big tech headquarters going up um, just outside of Lyon County. And they're saying, you know, this could really like limit our ability to attract those residents. To which I say, have you ever met Silicon Valley bros? Because I'm pretty sure like legal brothels are not going to turn them off. (laughs) Yeah. They'll be like, oh, we're just moving here. And the wives are like, why? And they're like, no reason. No reason. It seems great. I think the schools are good. Look around. But anyway, so um, I think that there are probably valid concerns about the safety of any woman who works in the sex trade. And I think there's valid concerns about 
who is actually controlling her body and like whether or not she has like all of the power and all of that kind of stuff. But I don't think that the groups that are fighting against the legal brothel licenses are actually interested in helping these women. I think the, the thing that I think yeah. is that who's controlling the safety of people in the fast food industry? Like who's controlling right. the safety of people in all kinds of industries? Like I just, I just don't get, I mean, I feel like the idea that prostitution is somehow this thing that's so much worse than other things is kind of just this way of implying that the general like sort of system of of you know inexpensive yeah. like non like sort of traditionally super desirable labor mm-hmm. you know is great like that, that yes. there's this thing that's sort of that's that's how i see it yeah just like that's interesting that you say that because i did feel like that was like the um one of the first things that really stuck out to me was just how much um class kind of comes into it so like the first three people i talked to were the the two madams who are tara adkins and jennifer barnes and then this woman cherry and all three of them were like had the same story it was like i grew up super poor and like the only avenues available to me were basically like minimum wage fast food work or you know this and like i have parents to pay to pay for or children to pay for or whatever and i I feel like yeah it's like this way of saying like you can't make that you can't make that much money i really i actually i really really enjoyed talking to the madams in particular because they were both former sex workers themselves they both worked for 10 or or 15 years um as sex workers before they became like started managing this place and so they have they're just like realistic about it because i do feel like there's a little bit of a tendency to like overcorrect in the in the debate around like what to legalize and what to regulate and whatever there's a little bit of a tendency to go the opposite way and be like this is an amazing job you know what i mean and it's like there's like there's no such thing as an amazing job exactly Exactly. but there is like there's a there's a thing that i've heard men defending the sex trade repeat over and over Mm -hmm. again that i have yet to hear a single woman say and that is actually i'll let uh i'll let the son of the guy who actually owns the mustang ranch say it because he's the only one that I heard say it on this visit. There isn't a job at a college that you can make $150,000 a year at and do something you love to do. These girls are not forced to stay here. They're into this job. A lot of them have a high sex uh, drive. And so this is just natural for them. That's the kind of stuff that I think turns people off of wanting to learn more about how the sex trade works and why it might make sense to provide more of a safe legal system for the women who work in it. And I'm a big proponent of people just having informed opinions, which is also why I wanted to go and see this place for myself. And the tour was really interesting. They really walked me through the whole process of what happens when a client comes in. I watched a lineup where the girls come and introduce themselves and then the customer picks someone. And the customers are usually dudes, although the madams said that they do get a lot of couples too, and they've seen an increase in that in recent years. So anyway, the customer picks a woman, and I'm going to play you some tape from the tour to get the rest. This is the Mustang Ranch madams, Tara Adkins, and Jennifer Barnes you'll hear from on this tape. And I was there on a midweek afternoon, but it was busy. So prepare your ears for some background noise. She's not coerced or talked into or forced to do any type of party. Oh my God, no. Um, if she's not comfortable doing anal, then yeah. she would come to the office, let us know. We'll yeah. grab a girl that is comfortable doing that. Or say yeah. this girl doesn't party with other ladies or a couple, right. we're going to yeah. find that girl that is comfortable yeah. to do okay. that type of party. So when we do a lineup, and if it is for a couple, mm-hmm. 
because we've had more couples come in in the last two years than we have ever. As a female, you want to make sure that you're secure you're with right. your, you know, you don't want anybody calling your man in the middle of the night. And you're going to yeah. a bar and picking up <laughs> on a female or, yeah. you know, yeah. a yeah. club or a strip club. And you just so, never know when you're going to yeah. bump in. So, so, like, when they do a lineup here and it is for a couple, yeah. we will say, all ladies that are interested in couples, please step forward. Okay. So they will step forward. So that way there's no awkwardness yeah. to the couple. This is sort of, like, percentage in terms of like what the ladies get versus the... 50-50. Everything is 50-50. We provide um, 24-hour security, 24-hour chefs, 24-hour maintenance, 24-hour housekeeping, all of that. Yeah. And then, We're the only house in the state of Nevada that does provide that. And every house in the state of Nevada is 50-50. Yeah. But we are the only one that provides security and chefs and housekeeping. Yeah. They don't pay for their meals, nothing. Yep. Yeah. 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 Most people, like work for what like a week or two weeks and then go yeah yeah go home yeah yeah the most successful working lady usually will do two weeks on two weeks off okay um the ladies that are doing the two weeks on two weeks off it lets them be able to build up their clientele and so and their regulars right so are most do most people live in state or out of state this is something out of state yeah we do our very very best to hire out of state out of state okay Mm -hmm. oh that's interesting yeah Um, yeah how Reno's a block long. Oh, right. Yeah. Everybody knows yeah, everybody. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the grocery store and you're going to bonk into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And then these are all ladies' rooms. So we have two hallways. Okay. Now what Jennifer and I do is try to separate the night girls from the day girls. That way you're not putting a day girl right next to a night girl and right. nobody's getting Someone's any sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this is our hot tub room. Of course, there's no sexy. Yeah, you can go in there. There's no sex in the hot tub. Okay, so there's no sex in the hot tub. Also, everyone has to shower before they do anything, whether it's in a hot tub or a bed. And for safety, there is an alarm and sometimes more than one in every room. Only the girls know where they are, so they can trigger those and the security team will come in. The tour continued. This is the hub of the business. This okay. is the office. This is where we keep our medical clearances, work cards. This is where the girls are going to come and give the credit card to the office to run. Money, mm-hmm. like this is the main this is, hub. This okay. is the main hub. This is very, very important. Okay. Yeah. Because is it one of you guys? It's always here. So um, no, cashiers, okay. and we okay. have two different shifts. Yeah, uh-huh. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and then 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. This is our medical clinic, and the doctor does come on property five days a week. So once a lady is seen by the doctor, mm-hmm. she stays on property. If she wants to go to town, she goes with a house driver. Okay. So she cannot drive herself to town because then that medical clearance has been compromised. We don't know if she's seen a boyfriend or a husband. Right. So she can take herself to town, but if she comes back, she's, she's going to have to re-clear. Okay. Yep. We're very stringent on that. Very, 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 yeah, very. That makes sense. Yes. Wait for. I'm gonna show you one of the ladies' rooms too. Yeah. Hey, is Cherry busy? No, I just want to show her her room real oh, quick. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Let me show you one of the rooms. So this is Cherry's room. Mm-hmm. They're regular girls. Yeah. And so they all get their own air conditioning units. Mm-hmm. And then we have bidets in here for all the ladies as well. Mm-hmm. When a girl books a party with a customer, every customer is to shower. 
every single one. Yep. Even if they say, well, I just got out of the shower. We give our girls yeah, words of, of how to encourage them to shower to at least get them nice and clean, and then they can go have fun. When the girls do book a party, they don't get under the covers. We have a setup, so we put a sheet over everything, and that way nothing is soiled. If something is soiled, of course, we have 24-hour housekeeping to come in and clean everything up. Right. Yeah. So you might have noticed they refer to a client booking services as, quote, booking a party, just to be clear. I saw a lot of the suites and grounds as well, including a group room that had like 10 beds pushed together, which apparently gets booked for a lot of bachelor parties. But I want to play you the bit about the negotiation room. So this is the area where the girls go and talk privately. Cozy room. This is the negotiation yeah. spot. And so this is the room where you discuss your activities, the finances, yeah. um, come to the agreement, and uh, we take cash or credit cards, and the ladies always set it here, and then they shine this and have the gentleman drop his drawers and do a visual um, you know, the gloves visual and do check. a visual check, you know, make sure there's no sores, blisters, you know, it looks like cauliflower, the pre-cum is clear, um, just everything that we can visually. Yeah. They're yeah. all trained as well when they first come here for two mm-hmm. weeks. They're mm-hmm. trained by Jennifer and myself for that whole two weeks what to look for. Yeah. And so if they're in the bar and they get picked by a gentleman, we're coming back here with her to help and her and guide her and okay. show her. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not a sink or swim. Yeah. At all. That would be awful. Yeah, yeah, That'd be right. horrible. Set them up for failure. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We want them to be That'd safe. Be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these girls that are out there doing independent work, they have no uh, idea. They come here and they've been doing independent work for three to five years. And yeah. they get here and they're like, well, what's a DC? It's a tick check. You've got to check. <laughs> You've got to make sure you're safe. It's amazing to us how much they're not educated on it. I think I was saying before, they're very sort of like realistic about it. Like they're like, you know, this is a hard job in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. Like it's hard on your body. Right. It's hard on your relationships in your yeah. life. It's hard to have a boyfriend if you're doing this job. So they having were like. a boyfriend if you're not a prostitute is really easy. <laughs> So they were like, you know, um, we when girls come in, we basically set up like a five year plan for them because we feel like any more than five years is Mm -hmm. like not great. So we work with them like, how much money do you want to make? Do you know how much money they can make? They can make like six figures um, a year. And so what they do is they usually work two weeks on and two weeks off. Oh, and And then they can can still make and they can make like a hundred grand, like a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand and actually like Lance Gilman came in and had lunch with us too and he doesn't actually come to the brothel very often so it was like unusual for him to be there who's the son Donnie Donnie Gilman Donnie Donnie, I get the feeling does hang out at the brothel (laughs) that's so funny and so Lance is like 60 and Donnie's like or 65 yeah Lance is he seems like he's about 70 maybe and then his son is is 40 yeah Yeah. So um, anyway, here's a little bit of Lance Gilman talking about how he got into this business and, you know, what he kind of thinks about it. I've been a Harley dealer and a boat dealer. I've been a real estate developer for 40 years. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's my whole life. And so when I got here uh, and we found that uh, Joe Conforti fled Mm -hmm. and we had just purchased... we had just purchased about 70% of Story County, and they were, they were poor, poor. They were on the bank, and we didn't know that. 
we paid cash 30-day non-contingent for this ranch from Gulf Oil. Okay. So now all of a sudden we had all this land and all this planning and everything, and we look around, and our little county is, uh, is they, they're talking about splitting it up down to the legislature between Lyon and, and Washoe. Okay. So we have this vision for all this money. It costs us, uh, you know, $100 million in, in the ground. And, and so... Um, Conforti had fled, and so they finally closed him in '99. Mm -hmm. um, so his his flow into the county mm -hmm. represented a half a million a year, which was a big part. Their budget dropped from 4.3 million annual to 3.8 in the year he left. So they were uh, really cash short. And so the first year, my partner and I gave them four hundred thousand dollars interest-free, pay us back when you can. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that lasted for that year. But this park took some while to get off the ground. Right. And so the idea was born, and actually the three separate commissioners, Carl Trink and, and uh, Bum Hess and uh, I can't think of that cat's third third guy's name, Chuck Haynes, mm -hmm. and they all came to me and they said, look, if, if you'll reopen the Mustang, well, it couldn't be Mustang because that was owned by the Treasury, but if you'll reopen the houses, that will generate the half million that we're missing a year. So pretty much the reason that we came into doing this as developers is we just said, okay, if that's what it's going to take. Mm -hmm. And I'd been in retail my whole damn life. So I got involved in the business kind of by chance and by need. Mm -hmm. And so we built it and um, kind of researched it. And I have a business background. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't opened as a playground for me. It was opened as a business need. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the other thing that I was very concerned about is that um, I'd been a real estate developer. That was my life. That's how. That's my investments. That's what I'd done. And and so now all of a sudden, um, touching the brothel, I got a lot of uh, negativity. And so all over. And a lot of the people that would be friends with me wouldn't stand. They're still friends, but and and so I found that there's this stigma attached. To the brothels and I guess there's a lot of reasons for that there's the religious side of the thing and people have their very real uh, concerns and things about that um, and the brothels are kind of looked at maybe out in the world today as places everybody sees the illegal everybody sees the dark side everybody sees the pimps everybody sees the drug use everybody thinks that the that the gals that are involved are, are downtrodden that they're in trouble that they're and and, and the opposite is true. So he also thinks that part of the effort to shut down the brothels right now is due to the influx of people from California moving to Nevada. Here's why. So the first thing I will tell you is that it's always been on the radar screen by somebody wanting to do something. And there's the primary reason usually is is based upon, what would you call it, the, the religious side right. of the world. Stand on the Bible and throw rocks at us. So the other thing that I've watched over the years, there have been two other election polls in the state of Nevada over my 18 years here, where there was something on the on the um, ballot about stopping problems. They failed every time over 60% of the voters. And so we find that the general um, voter in the state, where our, where our Achilles heel is, is for, and I'm going to use this kind of kindly, but our Californians relocating to the state of Nevada, if you go to the local Nevada base, they've grown up with them. They understand the value, right? But we get a lot of new people in here, as we're doing now with Tesla and all that. Well, man, the... the the protocol changes. Gilman says it's also being partly driven by the Economic Development Association of Western Nevada, or EDON, and particularly by the guy who heads it up, Mike Kazmierski. It's being driven by uh, K 
Kazmierski, for whatever his reasons are, he's been uh, my adversary from the get-go. Uh, we kind of compete on the economic development side, and I think maybe there's a bit of jealousy there, and I don't know what error there is, but Mike has been less than supportive mm-hmm. to brothels, and he's kind of behind the scenes with what's going on in Lyon County. So, it should be interesting to see what happens in the November vote. I also talked to some of the women at the Bunny Ranch and the Love Ranch, two of Dennis Hoff's brothels, and Sarah and I are planning to visit one of them soon, so we'll have an update then. Now I'm really excited to go. I yeah. mean, before it was just sort of a thing in my calendar, but now I'm really excited. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up soon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Range is produced and distributed by Critical Frequency. Our music is by David Whited. Original illustrations are drawn for each episode by James Guthman. As always, please send a note with any ideas or feedback you have on these episodes to howdy at rangepodcast.org. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.